So, uh, we were supposed to do this episode last week, but uh, it's, weather kind of sucks here. Jared was a little under the weather. I felt like shit last week. Yeah, I kind of fucking had that feeling, and I did not get off the couch on Saturday. I watched wrestling for like 27 hours, so <clears throat> here we are. Here we are. We're doing it now, and... Um, I'm pretty excited because this movie has uh, been a favorite, one of my favorites for a while since I discovered it and bought a physical copy of it. Um, You're actually the one who uh, turned me on to this movie, honestly. Yeah. I actually found this movie uh, at a thrift store for 10 cents without the cover art, but knew of it. And when I seen that it said Home Sweet Home, which is the movie we're talking about, it said media, and it was in a clear clamshell case. And I knew exactly what movie it was. And I was like, fucking A, man. <clears throat> Took it home. Watched it once. And when I rewound it, the tape came off the spool. <laughs> and with media tapes, there's a bolt in the middle of the tape, so you can't dismantle the tape without putting the spools into a whole nother... Tape, uh, you know, tape shell. Yeah, yeah. You have to break the fucking the tape. Is it just like like a rivet, or does it have a? Because I know there's certain tapes where you can actually get a wrench that actually gets those bolts out. No, it's a smooth, rounded. I've never taken a media part. Yeah, it right dead center in the middle of it. So if a media tape goes bad, it's that's it. But they were made well, like. It's not a video treasures or a star maker. It's yeah. they're tanks. They fucking weigh like four pounds and shit. So they'll last you. But that particular one might have sat in some heat that melted the adhesive that keeps the tape onto the plastic spool and it just whatever. Then I actually bought the physical, like the actual tape, and uh, I seen it on YouTube a few times. So it's like I wasn't going into it blind. I yeah. fell in love with this movie the fucking minute I seen it, just because of how over the top it is. They, it's so fucking far fetched and so out of hand. And just the opening ten minutes is the greatest ever. <laughs> the opening ten minutes and the very first kill. Yeah, the very first kill is pretty damn good. Uh, so we're talking about Home Sweet Home, nineteen eighty one. It's uh, actually a Thanksgiving themed slasher movie, and it has uh, Body by Jake is the killer. Yeah, dude, fucking uh, Jake Steinfeld. Used to do these infomercials in the '90s called Body by Jake, and it was a workout machine, or I think, or a, I can't remember if it was a workout machine or like a workout regimen, yeah, or something, something. But he was kind of like well known. But I remember the I remember the fucking infomercials. I do too, and uh, so he's in it, which is fucking just worth the price of admission alone. Every time I see him, though, I just think of him in uh, Coming to America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, you dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Steinfeld. So, like, I will just say this with all due respect, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I understand everybody's love for Blood Rage. I really do. I love that movie. It's great. But, man, 
the only other thing that I can think of that made me cringe worse than like back to school pictures on Facebook when I had Facebook, the day that mm-hmm. everyone takes pictures of their kids on their first day of school, was how many blood rage posts I seen on Instagram. Dude, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Everybody posts it like they're the first person posting that. Right. And my thing with that is, it would, is what I agree with you, is that I've had love for that movie since me and you started hanging out and realizing that there were, like, movies out there that we haven't seen or, like, coveted tapes out there that we... Yeah. So I'm like, what's up with this blood rage? It's fucking never under three bills for a fucking original VHS. It's on YouTube. I watched it, loved it. Scores great. That fucking opening sequence might be one of my favorite opening sequences in any movie of all time. The fucking <laughs> drive-in, smoking weed, eating popcorn, like the score, everything's cool. And it's like I'm torn because it's like, do am I glad that that movie's getting the due now that it should have gotten back? Could have been like a prowler or a burning, like a one-off slasher without any sequels that, or. Like, what happened with that? Was there no, like, advertising for it? Was there no fucking campaigning behind it? No TV ads? I don't know. It's a great movie, but if I had to choose, Home Sweet Home over Blood Rage. I don't know how you feel about that. Mm. I actually never thought about that. It's been... I... I, Yeah. (laughs) I would say Home Sweet Home over Blood Rage for the simple fact of the mom in Blood Rage... Drives me up a fucking wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, you've always been pretty vocal about that, so. God. Yeah, I can't. Her acting in that movie is like, she's on the phone. Yeah, fuck, when she goes in and finds him with the fucking hand. Yeah. I can't take, I can't take the mom. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Well, a lot of people can't take the fucking kid with the guitar and the makeup D- on him. Mistake's this. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, <laughs> rock and roll forever. Yeah, he's pretty fucking sweet, but I I just want to I don't I'm not shitting on Blood Rage. It's a good it's a good no. Movie. That movie's amazing. It's great. It really is. But w- there was a Blu-ray release. It's on Shutter. It's known now. Last Drive-In did it, but so it seems even that, way more people knowing about yeah, it. And in in I'm guessing next year Christmas Evil's going to be the same thing. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Everybody's going to be talking about. It was Silent Night, Deadly Night. Dial dial code Santa Claus. And everybody's going to be talking about fucking Christmas Evil now. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all... At the at the end of the day, it's good for old school horror that people are being turned on to these movies. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it's cool, that, it's cool that it's fucking coming out. That more people are, like, becoming... Like, being able to experience these movies who might not have... Yeah. Like, it always blows my mind when, because I'm in, like, a few, like, horror groups and shit on Facebook and whatnot, and you'll see people on there who you can tell they're, like, in their fucking, like, 30s, and somebody, like, they'll just, like, seriously post, like, unironically not trying to troll, like, has anybody ever seen The Burning? Like, I just stumbled across this movie. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're older than me, and I've seen you post before you like talked about liking horror since you were a kid like how did these, this one creep under your fucking radar yeah like just like these movies just fly into certain people's radar I don't know if it's like they don't like ear to the ground enough they don't fucking dig enough to try to find stuff but they're like more of a casual fan who their whole life yeah and now this these movies are starting to make their way to people who wouldn't normally find it it's kind of a cool time right now because 
these movies are coming out of like the crypt, so to speak. You know, it's like I remember Blood Rage being this far fetched as far as like being a tape collector. So there's an a mystique about it just to begin with. Like what what is it about this movie? There's movies out there that really fucking suck that are fucking even more expensive than Blood Rage. Okay. Cannibal Campout may be the worst piece of cinema I've ever well, seen. Well, that's the thing. If like a lot of these like tapes, like VHS tapes that are worth a coveted amount, it's not, they're not great movies. No. They're niche movies. Mm-hmm. Because if they were like these amazing fucking works of art, they would have been mass produced and the tapes wouldn't be that very true. That expensive. They're expensive because they weren't mass produced. There was only a limited number put out. And there's like these niche fucking things for the most part, like fucking 555 and Spine. Like, yeah. These aren't like, I mean, these are hailed in certain groups as amazing movies. I love fucking both of those movies. Yeah. But the, it's like lowered, there's like deeper down on the fucking, mm-hmm. the, uh, the glacier. Like it's not like top level horror fans are gonna like this fucking movie. No. Like so, a lot of like so that, with a lot of those, even like the 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 opposite of that, I guess, or would be you can get popular movies that were mass released, but there's like this weird one off fucking label that did this small fucking run in this weird in this like country that release is worth a bunch of money. Okay, so. The Prowler is usually pretty pricey to begin with. Let's just use that as an example. Yeah. The Astral. Oh, fuck, yeah. Jesus Christ. Almost oh. almost anything Astral. Well, yeah, true. It's dumb. I'm just saying that one I don't off. even own an Astral. No. <laughs> I've never known anyone to own an Astral. I've seen pictures. I, like, when I was dropping, to, like, heavy money on tapes, Yeah. I never came across one, an Astral for sale, that was, like, in the range where I'm like, yeah. It was always like I can't even I can't, like, I'm never. I'm, but I'm also not one of those people who like really try to network with other collectors that like try to work out fucking deals and make some trades to get this fucking coveted tape. I'd always just try to see what I can find, and I would never find anything like. Fuck! If I can get like an Astro fucking Texas Chainsaw or the Astro Prowler. Oh yeah, forgot Texas shit, Chainsaw. Even uh, the first the first run of. Uh, Hills Have Eyes was an astral. Yeah. And it's just like a black and white cover. Yep. Yep. So, like, okay, so... So, like, so like, okay. So, Blood Rage was Prism. Yeah? Yep. Okay, so, like, Prism, didn't, they never were really known for putting out high-grossing uh, movies. It was like an underground thing, almost like a um, thorny MI or... Prism's catalog's weird because it's like a big, it's like a mixed bag of like tapes like Blood Rage, yeah. which go for a decent amount, and then just like standard fucking yeah, twenty five oh, to thirty dollar tapes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. And then I think it's is it Prism at the end of every movie they do the releases. What, 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 oh, I think yeah, some Prisms Prism? do. I think yeah, yeah. It's like some oh, oh, if, if you like this movie, you may like these selections. But there's like action movies in there and like. Like a weird fucking Gary Busey movie no one's ever heard of, Opposing Force, <laughs> the trailer and shit. You're like, I'm never gonna watch that. Low budget comedy movie. <laughs> it's a, yeah, you remember the one guy that was a stand-in and fucking bachelor party with Tom Hanks? He's got his own movie now, and it's on Prism. It's like, <laughs> but like, so like with Home Sweet Home, it was. I, I feel like it never was really unearthed. After all these years, I think it's still kind of like in a closet somewhere. I honestly, I, I was thinking about this. I haven't looked it up 
because I'm lazy. Uh, but I don't think it's actually gotten a oh no it has a disc release. No, not at all. No, it's not even on any like a eight pack. It's it's not, there's nothing. It's out of print. Been out of print. I got lucky and found it. You know this t- the tape for a decent price, um, which I'm fucking so stoked on that because when I got it and I got it off of one of the tape trading groups. Uh, I think I might have got it from Tony Salamone actually in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like cheap, cheap, but it was like manageable. I was like, yeah, fine, I'll pay that. Tony was good. Uh, I haven't and, bought from him in a while, but he's he was usually hooky up. Well, I got mo- the bulk of my coveted tapes from him for maybe, let's say, on average, about $10 more than I wanted to spend. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, it's 10 bucks, and he's a trusted guy, and those tapes are going to get here ASAP. I think I bought from him once or twice, <clears> and I've always, like... I think it was twice, and both times I, uh, he would post them for whatever price, and I'd be like, hey, dude, would you do this? And it was always like $15 less, and he'd usually be like, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. So I'm like, sweet. Yeah, so if you view it as a $30 tape, he would sell it for 40 but if you bought two other ones in a lot, he would knock off. Yeah, the, you know the, the old bundle thing. The old bundle, yeah. It's like, and two tapes you really can't do without the third one. I don't give a fuck about, but it's a lot, and you have to buy all three. It's like, all right, dude, I'll take schizoid. Dude, there was somebody in one of the groups doing <laughs> like surf. doing lots, and you would you'd have to sell them as a lot, and it'd be like one tape. One tape would be fucking a very coveted tape. Yeah, a crispy and then chopping ball. Five or six other like super commons, and you'd basically sell it for like the eBay price of that one tape. And, Dude, he'd get roasted, but he didn't give a fuck. He's like, I don't give a fuck. You don't have to buy it if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's so hard to turn down when you see the one tape that you want. Not breaking up lots. Don't even, don't ask. <laughs> like, all right, dude, cool. But, uh, yeah, so I think that this movie uh, fits in with those kind of hidden gems from that time. And the, the best part about it is it's a holiday-themed slasher. Who doesn't like those? There's fucking a hundred of those, but, like... This one, I think, could satisfy the uh, horror fan looking for a fucking weird movie. Uh, it's just maniacal. It's 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 almost like fucking an hour and a half of a car accident. Like there's just so much, <laughs> there's just so much going on, and like, oh man, you know, and just the fact that this dude is like escaped from a mental institution for like what did he do? Drowned his parents or killed his parents? Yeah, I think so. And then he's, like, shooting PCP under his tongue with a syringe. <laughs> and he, like, runs over an elderly woman in a fucking dude, walker. He, he fucking... Okay, so... Opening oh, scene, man. there's this dude just straight, like, drinking in his, in his fucking 70s Ford, like, LTD station wagon. Oh, that's the Griswold uh, with the wood grain finish on the side. It's basically what the fucking... Um, Queen family trunkster was based off of. He's heading to Wally World. <laughs> he fucking rips this dude out of his car, gets in the car, PCPs in his mouth. Fucking the like ten seconds later, he runs over an old lady and is just laughing maniacally, driving away with blood all over his windshield. <laughs> and then it just goes to the title screen. And when I first watched the movie, I'm like, I am sold. the The next hour and 20 minutes could be terrible and I just love the intro you're just like did that like that's right away and they do the freeze frame on the old lady's face yeah yeah oh dude which is a lost art in my opinion dude that's yeah fucking 
the whiteout or Friday the, 13th oh, yeah. 2 this and one and one yeah and one the yeah beginning, very beginning uh-huh yeah they kind of do that same effect with this with home sweet home it was a fucking that was like that was an 80s thing that definitely needs to come back a budgetable effect it's amazing yeah yeah it's great because honestly you don't need to see the gore no when you do shit like that if you do it right it it still has a good effect like, yeah. Granted, you still saw like, honestly, the first Friday Thirteenth, you didn't see it. No. The second one, you did. Oh yeah, no. The, the only thing you're missing is him hitting the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that ended. Uh, we I don't know, dude. He might have. He might have walked away. <laughs> yeah, doctors say it. I don't. Uh, yeah, he was playing for position. Then he got fucking macheted to the face and. Uh, that's the one with the puck, right? But no, uh, so so these so these people get together at this house for like Thanksgiving dinner, and there's like three couples. Yeah, I didn't. This is one of those movies where the characters aren't memorable. They're not. It, you don't fucking really even distinguish who they are. You kind of just yeah, the, that guy's with that girl. This guy's with that girl. Yeah, it's just random like just couples. And then there's like the little girl, like the. Um, do you know who that girl or girl is? No. That little girl is, um, the fuck's her name? Uh, Vanessa Shaw. She's uh, Vanessa probably best known to most people as um, the main chick from Hocus Pocus. Okay. She's I've never a, seen Hocus Pocus. Okay. Um, Ladybugs? I think... That's where I was going. Or I was thinking Little Giants or one of those. No, like, she's uh, Ladybugs. Okay, She's Lady the Bugs. main chick in Ladybugs, too. Like, Okay. okay. What's his name? Uh, Never Field. in Their Story, dude. The dude, the kid from Never Ending Story 2, I think. Sebastian? Yeah. Who was also in... It? They ever... Yeah, they were... Maybe? Georgie's brother? I think so. Like the stutter, maybe from it. I yeah, can't I remember. He opens it. the book. Is that the same kid? And then he's in Never Ending Story two. Right? I think he's Never Ending Story two. That I'm thinking of. Yeah, same kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, she's like the main chick in Ladybugs. Like he he joins the girls' soccer team mainly to get closer to her. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, okay. She was in fucking Hocus Pocus. She was in Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. This was like her very first role. She's like fucking four years old. No shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's just kind of like bouncing around. I don't even know who she belongs to in this movie. I don't know who the fuck she's just kid like that a is. That's just there. a kid. Yeah, just like, like like. But she likes fucking mistake. She likes a dude with the guitar. He yeah, does dude. magic tricks for her and shit. Like she's hanging out with him, and like that's about the only uh, bastion of like humanity you get from this kid, aside from being like a nuisance and noise pollution and visually unpleasing. He can do magic tricks for kids, and they're fucking stoked about it. So you're like, I can't be that bad of a guy. Even though everyone in this motherfucker like wants to kill him, he's uh, got a little shred of humanity in there somewhere. But Dude, mistake. Okay, so mistake. They just call him steak, though, don't they? I think it's both. Well, when they're mad at him, they call him mistake. You're one dead mistake. Yeah. But then the chicks are like, steak? What did I tell you? I was thinking the whole time his name was steak, like fucking ribeye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking steak, man. But okay, so he's face painted like a mime, mm -hmm. wearing a sh black T-shirt that just has like screen printed chains over it. Backpack with a pig nose amp. Yep. Fucking uh, Les, Les Paul. Paul. 
and just running around like playing just fucking like blues licks, fucking yeah. solos and riffs, like annoying people, like people making out in the car. He runs up, starts playing riffs. He's like, "I'll make out with you." Yeah, yeah. Then he fucking runs in. He, he gets chased into. I'm thinking it's his dad and his stepmom, and they're like getting it on in the bed. And, like her tits are out, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, two for the price of one," yeah. and like nobody seems phased by that. That always caught me off guard. Like he runs in, and like she's not trying to cover up. Her his dad's not like pissed off. Really, he was able to run through, say that line, and stand there. And they just kind of slowly turn over, and she slowly buttons her shirt, and he's like, "Can you get him out of here?" Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I just. And then he hops on the bed over. Yeah, like walks like right over him and shit. And then dude comes in and he's like, "You get a rain check." And he like runs out the door. My favorite part of the whole like mistake, all the scenes, is mm-hmm. when the dude throws the beer can at him, the empty beer can, where he's like fucking says something. He's like, "Can you just please leave us alone?" He's like, "Yeah, I can get into that." And then he like like. You didn't really believe that, did you? Starts playing again. He like throw, whips that empty beer can, and then like the minute later, dude comes in. He's like, "You guys want something a little stronger?" He's like, "Yeah, how about three fifty seven Magnum?" And then his girlfriend, who don't know anything, he's like, "I'll have one too." <laughs> no, dude, the best mistake, the best line in this movie is from Mistake, and it's uh, like the dad leaves, the other douchebag guy leaves. And he comes into the room. He's like, hey, well, now that the hillbilly's gone and the two assholes left, yeah. we can have a party. Yeah. <laughs> Rich. Rich. The fucking way he lays that line out is fucking gold. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the chicks go to get wine. Oh, yeah. The two chicks leave to go get wine. The one dad leaves to go get gas for the generator. Yep. And then the other guy leaves who's like, I'm just here for business. Well, I'm going to go find him. Then he, like, does that super long pause in the doorway, like, for, like, five seconds before he's, like, and when I get back, I have the food on the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, like, so, uh, there's some kind of a bet going on with oh, the yeah. one guy. That's the business I think he's, like, referring to, right? Well, no, I, th- well, I always took it. There's one dude who's, like, has, he's bet on the game. Yeah. And he's pissed off that the TV's out. Yeah, but that's, yeah. The, the dude... Has uh, that one chick's playing guitar, mm-hmm. and the dad owned a record label that went under. And I think that guy's there trying to like strike up a deal to have started to deal with that chick with him. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, okay. And I think that's the business that he's like, we had business to discuss. Yeah, because I never really <laughs> put two and two together on that. And I never understood that third couple that showed up a little later. Mm. Like the younger couple that showed up and like one chick's like is there anything I can do to help and he like whips a fucking head of lettuce at her like yeah make <laughs> yeah. a salad <laughs> like those two are just kind of cool they're just like chill back you know like they're hanging out with the, the kid the little kid and shit and I'm like alright but uh <laughs> I just want to I don't know how far I didn't write any notes down for this okay but I just wanted to say that the most Awesomest kill in this fucking movie is probably one of the best of any shitty hor- shitty slasher. The fucking hood. Oh yeah, that first kill. Good 
God, could you imagine? What, what makes that so good? The no. fucking swan dive belly what, flop. What makes that, that so good <laughs> is leading up to that, there's been nothing. No. There's been nothing. And, like, he's walking slowly in the woods. Like, okay, so we'll, we'll just set the scene. So the dad leaves to get gas for the generator, stumbles upon the fucking mint green wood paneled Queen family truckster. Yeah. With nobody around because Steinfeld's in the woods and it just siphons the gas out of it. But gets back into his Jeep when he's done and his battery's dead so he can't start his Jeep. Yeah. So he fucking goes back to the wagon, pops the hood, and it's like, well, I'll just fucking take this battery. And he's trying to take the fucking battery. And this whole time, everything's super kind of chill and quiet. Like oh, Steinfeld's yeah. like slowly walking and like just peering. And then it just like amps up so quick. He just runs out like dead sprint out, does a full fucking swan dive. Yeah. <laughs> with like a yell like, ah, and just like fucking slams the hood down on this dude. So just if you can for a moment, imagine any guy that you've ever seen under the hood of a car. Yeah. It could be changing spark plugs, tightening fucking cables on batteries. Half of your body is underneath the hood that's propped up with a little metal stick. And this fucking 270-pound ripped high-on-PCP psycho jumps on the hood and just crushes this poor fucker under the hood in between a hot engine and a fucking hood. And that's game over. I don't care what anybody says, dude. Dude, that's the equivalent of like being put in a trash compactor. You're not walking away from that without fucking... And it's, it's like you said, it's all quiet and you can hear like just like nature, like you can hear like crickets and you can hear like birds and shit that he just, ah! just like goes out and just like crushes this dude in a hood and then that's it, game over. So that scene, that's like almost that, that's on the level of Freeway Maniac where he does oh, the leg drop oh, off the bell tower, the, Hogan, the big leg, oh dude, off the fucking bell tower. Dude, I, that's why I gotta watch that movie soon. I actually was gonna look that up to see if I could buy that today. I love that fucking movie. That leg drops fucking. That was like a thirty-seven foot leg drop, dude. <laughs> dude, so good, man. So the the dad, yeah, his name is Don Edwards, Ed Ed Edmonds. Don Edmonds? Edmonds. Okay. Didn't really mean he, he was in some stuff, but he was in um, Eight Million Ways to Die. Come on, eighty eight. Was Wasn't with that, uh, uh, Jeff Bridges. Tony Lister was in that too. Rosanna Arquette, yep, and uh, James Avery, and Tony Lister, Tom Lister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, Debo. Yeah. Rest in peace, bud. Uh, that was pretty much the connection I was going for there. Yeah, because just died. Yeah, dude. Well, Rosanna Arquette, you know, she's been in a fucking. She was in a bunch of movies, too. Oh, yeah. She was in a Van Damme movie. I want to say she was in a Seagal movie, too, but. Sister to the chick from Nightmare 3, right? Patricia Arquette. Is she related to them? Mm hmm. Because they kind of look so. I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. Patricia and Rosanna Arquette were both. I believe they're all related. Gotcha. So, okay, okay, so he was in that. Anybody else? That it? Oh, yeah, that was just, I figured we were talking about him. We were talking about his oh, death. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, no, I'm, 
I I don't know anyone from this movie except for Jake Steinfeld. I do yeah. not recognize not one person in this fucking movie that went on to do anything. So, I I know Vanessa Vanessa Shaw. I would obviously not recognize her no. as a four year old. No, but kind of funny that this was her like legit first ever role. Yeah. What and you know what? Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, dude, another reason that I would choose this movie over Blood Rage, honestly, is because the sticking marketing selling point of Blood Rage is the cranberry sauce scene. Mm-hmm. It always has been since this movie started to gain traction. It's a it's a cool scene. It's funny that this isn't cranberry sauce. The little girl under the table eating food was she eating cranberry sauce? Where they freak out and they couldn't find her. Oh, I don't know. And there's like red fucking liquid coming out from underneath the table. She and they lift up the apron and she's just like yeah, you see mowing down. Yeah, like. <laughs> see your legs sticking out? You're thinking she's fucking dead under the table. Yeah, like, but there's like cranberry sauce liquid just like running out from under the table. They're like, she's fucking dead. What happened, dude? She's under there with like a big ass turkey leg and shit. Like, to me, I thought that was funnier than like. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I just thought that had a little more shock value. Like, dude, did this motherfucker just kill a four-year-old kid? Like, where's the kid? Like, everyone's all fucking worried about mistake, and the kid's been gone for an hour and a half, and no one's noticed. (laughs) (laughs) She's just chowing down under the table. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I fucking love this movie. It's great, dude. It's so good. It's Yeah, it pretty much ends up being everybody has... A piece of shit car. Oh yeah, yeah. And they don't like they they let they like having letting people borrow their cars, but not telling them the issues with their cars. No, they all have issues. Yeah, every single one has a fucking issue. Batteries on the blink, but you can take it. Except for that one dude. The, I got business guy. Yeah, it's a gas guzzler, but it runs like a top. Yeah, he was the one with the convertible, like the, the chicks took to get the wine and shit. No, no, that was the young couple. I thought he was the one that offered so that they the wouldn't The young have to couple take. offered. He, the young couple, the dude, like, it's like his. I don't know who the fuck he is, but he was like, here, you can take mine. Oh. Is that the and then he was like, and then, like, later on, he was like, oh, I forgot about my gas gauge. I didn't tell him. Hopefully, I don't run out of gas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that dude, le- that dude, like, I'm here for business, smoking the cigar. Yeah. Goes to leave. He's like, it's fucking gas guzzler, but it runs like a top. Right. Yes. <laughs> and the fucking conversations those two girls have to go get wine. God. Like, you can tell it was, like, ad-libbed, and yeah. they're not good actors. No. No, and then they run into just a couple of cops because they were speeding, and that whole scene was a fucking train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the scene with uh, Mistake and the one chick was, like, kind of hard to watch just because it's so fucking obnoxiously over the top when, like, Jake Steinfeld has this chick from behind with a fucking blade ready to cut her throat and mistakes like, dude, don't fucking kill her. And he's like, just take me instead. And, like, you're trying to reason with a person high on PCP that's a fucking mental patient. So nothing you say is going to change anything but you're just basically accepting the fact you're going to see fucking somebody murdered right in front of you yeah, it's just basically. a matter of time of when it happens and the whole time you think he's going to cut her throat and he doesn't he just fucking like raises the knife up and just plunges it into her which they don't show they just show the reaction of Mistake's face and he's like in fucking utter horror like yeah. 
that whole scene it drags on quite a bit and it's pretty intense and i just was like jesus get this over with man like but uh that that's one of the like scenes that sticks out in my head i'm gonna be honest yeah, seventy percent of this movie's dialogue, and it's not good dialogue. No. You wait for those like hot spots of fucking like someone getting crushed under a hood or a fucking. When it, if like, there's people talking, dude, it ain't gonna interest you. You know, like good actors can make a poor script come alive. Oh yeah, Bill Murray's fucking going um, for that. <laughs> poor actors can ruin a good script. Yeah. Poor actors can really fuck up a bad script. <laughs> And drag it out. I kind of feel like this was the latter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this isn't... Uh, let's just say that this guy didn't go on to write the script to Shawshank Redemption, okay? Which is all dialogue. This is uh, this is bad dialogue, but like cool kill scenes and straight up insanity from start to finish. And the ending is just insane, dude. Like... <laughs> okay, so the oh. ending. It's day. Mm-hmm. The cops find the chick's car. It's Black Friday. Oh, yeah. It is Black Friday. Morning. Yeah. The cops find the chick's car that they pulled over to give a ticket to. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they go on like a figure out what the hell happened. Why is the car there? Loads the fucking shotgun. But then later on says he doesn't know he's loaded if it's loaded. He says he hopes it's loaded. I hope so. <laughs> Even though he just fucking loaded it. <laughs> like, that's where we get to bad writing. Yeah. Just, uh... But this kills me when movies do this. When they have a recorded track and then they repeat it. Thank you. The chick's scream. You nailed it. It's the same scream over and over. Ah! Yeah. It's it like. Goes, ah! How many times was that fucking played, dude? Like eight? Like more than that. It's fucking. It, it, it honestly makes me laugh at this point. Like, like someone, dude. like that, that, that track of that scream. There's just someone with a button watching the scene and just randomly pressing the button. There needs to be a scream. Feels here. there needs to be a scream there. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there watching it earlier. Like, dude, that's the same pitch and tone of a pre-recorded scream. Hundred percent is a pre-recorded scream. Hundred percent. It irritated the. F- fuck out of me i hate when movies do that yeah like you see it a lot with like lower budget slashers like it all the time but god i fucking hate it Mm. and honestly honestly over on the rewatch of this i'm like man they would have never done this ending but there's that part where they shoot him and he drops yeah and then she's freaking out he's trying to console her but she doesn't know what's going on if she would have grabbed the cop's gun and shot the cop and then turned to shoot the other cop and the other cop with the shotgun blew her head off. That would be uh, a cool way to end the movie. That would be real cool. They would have never done it. No. I think just the... There's enough insanity in this movie. We don't need a fucking ending <laughs> like that, dude. We need, we need pieces level of insanity for endings. <laughs> Every movie needs to have that. Yeah, you know, and honestly, a lot of people really hail uh, Sleepaway Camp as the holy shit ending of all fucking movies. But I'm, I, you know, as time goes on, Pieces is up there. I mean, that's a holy shit ending that I don't think is appreciated because of the Angela having a dick is definitely like, 
what the fuck is that the first time you see it but like pieces you're not even yeah you're well not I think with like sleepaway ready. camp it Angela's face that noise they had over it yeah and then the pan out to the dick all of that together is a what the fuck it is but related kind of sort of not you know what I was thinking about this lately you know what fucking annoys me is when people watch a movie say we'll just say sleepaway camp because that's what made me think about it and they'll make a post about oh my god if you haven't seen sleepaway camp it's a great movie blah 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 and that ending I don't want to give it away you just fucking gave it away there's something that happens at the end that is not a normal movie ending yeah so maybe someone's just gonna like find it on YouTube and go all the way to the end just to see what the end well, is. Well, because like, if 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 I had never seen that movie, and it could be any movie, but just using this as the example, if oh, I've never yeah. seen that movie, and then I saw your post like, oh fucking Sleepaway Camps, it's a fucking amazing movie. I'm like, sweet, it's a good movie. And they're like, in that ending, dude, I'm not, I don't want to say anything, I don't want to give anything away, but oh my god. Yeah. Well, now I know I can watch this movie and everything's fucking gravy. It's a fucking normal slasher movie, but something is at that ending. That makes sense for them to call out the ending. Yeah. Instead of just so now going you know into there's something. Now you know there's something there. Yeah. It kind of ruins it. Like it does. And like people do that with movies. Like oh, I don't want to give anything away, but this part. Oh my god. Or when this, when this blah 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 blah. blah but I'm not going to give anything away. We just fucking gave something away. Yeah. You pretty much just. So they know it's there. Yeah. You like oh for instance like. Um, a couple of pinnacle movies in, in my lifetime that I was not ready for and was not pre uh, knowledgeable of what was going to happen. Sleepaway Camp was one of them. Yeah. I had no idea the ending. I didn't even know what the fuck the movie was. I just watched it. I was like fucking 11 years old, dude. That ending happened. And I distinctly remember that that was a pre recorded VHS that had Moonlight Sonata playing at the end. Let me tell me about this. I'd never forget it. Never forget it. Now it's like that uh, Angela's theme plays. <coughs> uh, the Beyond? Yeah. Spiders. Oh, okay. You let me borrow the Beyond and did not say shit about the spider scene. Well, yeah. <coughs> Knowing damn well I have arachnophobia, a bad, which isn't as bad if, if they're on TV like in a movie than it is if they're like real life but still just the image of like 12 tarantulas biting away at someone's face and not knowing that that's going to happen well like 10 real tarantulas and like two weird <laughs> fucking mechanical tarantulas just to let you know people who have arachnophobia have a fear of arachnid shaped objects it's there's eight legs in a fucking oval shaped body it don't matter if it's real fake nothing that image sucks <laughs> what is that shit where people have like the fucking weird uh like patterns fear like scales i don't know i don't know yeah there's like a is. fear like if you see scales or like a bunch of holes together almost like a uh like a pod with all the like oh dude yeah i know what you're talking about with the pod thing it makes you feel uncomfortable and yeah. shit that's how arachnophobia makes people me used feel. to fucking it was like a thing like 10 years ago yeah. where they would photoshop a woman's breast with those pods yeah and honestly the first one i saw i'm like whoa it makes you feel uncomfortable yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. i really started looking at the image like okay that's photoshop but yeah. holy shit that's fucking that's <laughs> yeah, not good yeah it's like nails on a chalkboard man but I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that the fucking spiders were fake, most of them. It was just the fact that, like, 
what was happening. Yeah. So yeah, so that that wasn't ruined for me. There was other movies where shit was ruined, like oh, dude, the ending. You're like, well, because there's some great movies that don't have the greatest ending. Yeah. It just kind of cuts off at what it is, and it is what it is. And some movies are like the endings. Holy shit! Either way, you should probably just leave it wide open for the person to just be like, make their own. I always try to just whenever I give like a assessment of a movie, like if I like it, like I just I just say like I like it. There's like awesome aspects of X Y Z. Like you should definitely check it out. Like I really try not to give away part or even give away that there's a certain part that's going to be fucking just like shocking. I've probably been guilty of doing that a few times, but I mean, I sure I'm I I sure I've done it. Yeah, I'm bitching about it, and I'm sure I've done it at least once. Sure, we all have, man. You just because you're excited and like the person hasn't seen it, and you're like, dude, okay, like <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you because <laughs> you just can't hold it in. You're like, dude, it's so cool, but <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a movie that has like a lackluster ending. That take like like My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. After the reveal of Axel being the killer. He just runs off, yeah. It's just kind of like... So the holy shit moment happens when they reveal who the killer is, and then you're like, holy shit. And then after that, there's like ten more minutes of film where it's just kind of, what the fuck, man? Me and Harry's coming back! I'm coming here! And it's like, okay, well, I mean... So it's not like... A, and then that horrible song plays that fucking Edmund Fitzgerald wreck of uh, Gordon Lightfoot rendition <laughs> of fucking whatever the fuck. Yeah, the wreck of the Edmund Let's Fitzgerald. See, see, on a Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like the ending is not that great. But then you take a movie like, say, uh, Sleepaway Camp or you know something like that, and you're like, dude... Uh, the ending's uh, definitely uh, not what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, not so much with Sleepaway Camp, but with like pieces. Wasn't the first one to move, do that. Carrie. Graduation Day. Graduation Day, too, yeah. Graduation Day and pieces, to me, have that same kind of crescendo at the end. I always forget about There's Graduation a calm before Day. the storm where you're, you're never going to see it coming. Yeah. Ever. It's impossible. And honestly, I... If they would have kept doing shit like that in the eighties, you'd go into a theater and you'd be expecting something like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you've seen it in Carrie, your mind's probably, well, something's gonna happen. Something probably's gonna happen. But I think it's been so long since shit like that's happened. That needs to come back. It does. It does. Don't fuck it up. Whoever wants to bring that shit back, but fucking bring it back and do it right. And you know, uh, on the subject, this is true. There was a time in the 80s when slashers were huge that they were not allowing anyone to go into the movie theater in the last 20 minutes of the movie. This is true. So, like, okay, take uh, Happy Birthday to Me, for instance. They did a campaign, advertising campaign for this movie with the ad, with the axe and the cake. Mm -hmm. But also, when you went to see the movie, there was tables with fucking party hats, birthday party favors, poppers. They made a big fucking thing out of it. But you could not go into the movie theater with 20 minutes left in the movie because nobody wanted just people to go in and see the ending and just be like... Yeah. So I'm guessing... And that started happening with other movies, too. I'm sure it started with Friday the 13th. Like, you think the movie's over, and then it's not. And then movies followed that same formula, and it's like, well, dude, fuck the rest of the movie. The ending... So, I, you know, probably people were, you know, 
back in the fucking 81, you're leaving the movie theater and you're fucking hanging out with your dude the next day, man. Like, fuck, dude, that ending. So your dude just, like, randomly walks into a movie theater, man, and doesn't pay for shit and just walks into a movie theater, like... Or he goes there to see another movie and he just wants to see the last ten minutes of Happy Birthday to me and be like... Well, with a movie like that, I don't understand because you'd have to know all of what happened before that, right? In order for you to understand the ending, like. But that was the thing, and uh, people were probably just exploiting the endings of movies. That was the original spoiler, you know, word of mouth. You're like, yeah, well, you know. But it's always cool when you see a movie like that for the first time and you don't know anything about it going into it, or you know very little, and then oh, that absolutely. shit hits you like absolutely. a ton of bricks. You're like, fuck yeah, that's what's memorable. Yeah. Like, there's so many movies I wish I could go back and watch for the first time. Just to have that, like, seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. The most recent was, like, all the Italian movies that I jumped into that I had never seen. You know, uh, the Jallos and... We're just like, fucking, like, you know, in the past ten years, like, Burial Ground. Like, these fucking... They, they threw a bolt through this chick's hand and decapitated her with a fucking sickle and fucking... Like you, you, when you, it's a zombie film. If I could see, I, I wish I could see New York Ripper for the first time again. Mm. It's one of my favorite fucking movies ever, and I would love to experience it for the first time again. Yeah, that's uh, that's shock value. I would first love time to. Through. I would love to go back to a point where seeing shit like that for the first time actually had an effect. Yeah, where I was not at a stage of seeing like just desensitized gory sleazy shit yeah where I, I would see something I'm like holy fuck okay yeah well it's like uh, me and Zach from shit life used to go to that mammoth video mm-hmm. and uh, our buddy Norman his brother worked there like we, we were still in high school or just out of high school and they had all those fucking all the thriller big boxes all the wizards all the fucking warning all the Ilsas all the fucking anything that fucking was out there they had and I'll never forget the fucking city of the the city of the buried uh, or gates of hell. I'm sorry, the fucking gates of hell. First time seeing it, the priest hanging himself in the graveyard, yeah. and the music, and this fade away, and just that whole just score, atmosphere, autumn, dead leaves, priest fucking hanging himself in a cemetery never seen anything like that it was just morbid and grim as fuck I'm like and that's like the first five minutes of the movie you don't even get to strap in yet and then like it got better from there but like to see it for the first time you're like whoa they went there like I'd never seen a priest fucking hang himself (laughs) not not in a fucking (laughs) cemetery right it's just like and then you know you got frizzy with the stringed fucking it's just beautiful it's a beautiful sequence man oh yeah Uh, I wish I could go back and see that like for the first time for sure um, home Sweet Home, not so much. Like, uh, it didn't really do that to me the first time. But it's one of those movies that I can throw on at any time, especially if I'm having some beers. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, fuck, let's throw it. It's a fun it's movie. It's 100% one of those movies. Yeah. It's like, fuck, let's throw it in. Fuck it. You know? Sitting around having some beers, fucking spinning records. Fucking, yeah, it's Home Sweet Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. But uh, another movie that uh, isn't at, in, on any list for me is Step The Stepfather, the first one. That first five minutes. Stepfather's a great movie. The first one. And also that kid you were talking about earlier from NeverEnding Story 2 and what else? Ladybugs. Ladybugs was also in Stepfather 2. 
He was he, the son of the redheaded chick who was also in Witches of I Salem think so, yeah. and Blind Fury, which her name is. She has like green eyes and red hair. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in a bunch of movies back in the day. She, her, that he was her son and stepfather too. So anyway, I call him Bastion. I don't know his name. I know he committed suicide in like two thousand and. Was it suicide or he getting a car accident? No, he killed himself. Fuck. They, they, that's else that's when they started that whole like, is it right to put children in fucking uh, movies at an age where they're still where fame and fortune like fuck them up down the road like the curse of the child movie star like. Well, I mean, if he wants to act, it doesn't. Yeah, it yeah. I kind of feel like it's kind of uh, on the parent. If he's your kid, you still got to protect your kid and just maybe have him act and. Have maybe studios not be assholes and exploit kids? Everybody I don't know, man. handles fame <laughs> differently, man. Mark from Roseanne. Heroin overdose. Yeah. But I mean, what, what, what did he do after Roseanne? Nothing I can think of. That's probably why he fucking killed himself. I mean, yeah. I just, I'm just saying. It was, a, <laughs> it was an interesting read. Drew Barrymore became a fucking raging alcoholic before she was 11 years old. Yeah, they, Drew Barrymore is like, you know. She, she went was through. in ET, and then she was just a raging alcoholic. Well, like, she was fucking showing up at clubs. Yeah, well, yeah, she was getting in with, like, her parents and shit. At, like, like, 11, doing fucking lines of coke. There you go, man. So, but yeah, that kid, yeah, he, uh, he was, he's been in some choice cuts. What do you got here? What do you got for me? Oh, I'm, honestly, I think the only thing I didn't really talk about is, uh, so the director, Natai Panier, you know, know what's interesting about him? Mm-hmm. No. Nothing. There's nothing interesting about him. Excellent. <laughs> he's, he's done. He, uh, he, he edited two, uh, three years before this, Dracula Sucks. Was that like a, a parody? Uh, I can't. I don't think I've seen it. I think I've seen like the movie poster. Dracula oh, Sucks. Oh, wait. Like a- oh, I think, I've seen, I think I've seen Dracula Sucks again, I think. Where it's like the Band-Aid over the chips. Yeah, it's like neck. it's like a funny movie, like Transylvania sixty five hundred or some shit, you know, or like Saturday the Fourteenth. It's like a tongue in cheek, like. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, the other thing he did, he, the only other thing he directed, came out in '09. It's called "They're Not Green," and it's basically about how turbine like wind energy is bad. Oh, I thought it was about like. The um, adult stages of bananas, like the uh, they're not green. They're not green. They're yellow. <laughs> I mean, a spatula. Well, they're all a purple one. They're all yellow. Right. Do you like olives? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he made Your a do- cowboy boot. <laughs> he made a documentary about how wind energy is not good and it's not green. And like from windmills and shit? Yeah, like yeah. turbines and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, it's not good. It's not green. Like, this whole, like, thing. So I don't I don't know anything about it other than that. It just sounds very fucking off the rocker to me. But I don't know. You know what else is not green? PCP under the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> no, it could probably make your tongue green if you fucking... <laughs> no. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think for... We've touched on almost anything we can in this fucking movie. Pretty much, yeah. I think I've told you every interesting fact about anybody in this movie. 
Oh, it's also known as Slasher in the House. By yeah, the way. Slasher in the House. Which yeah. I think is... Uh, no, nah, I, I would go either way. Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home makes more sense, I think. It does. It does. I mean, it doesn't make that much sense, but I feel it makes more sense to Slash in the House. Slash in the House almost feels like a a different movie for this. Like, this doesn't feel like it should be called Slasher in the House. No. Home Sweet Home. Like, Slasher on, on the Grounds? Slasher on the property. He's never in the fucking house. <laughs> yeah, he's, so. like, on the property, like, Slasher at the Vista. Yeah. Slasher on the service drive. He's coming towards you. <laughs> Slasher on the laneway. <laughs> but, uh... So definitely, dude, I, it's on YouTube, correct? Yes. It is. It's been on there for... That's where I first seen it. I'm yeah, dude, sure. it's not available anywhere else, so nobody no. is asking this to get pulled down. And I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, anyone that collects, like, physical copies, I looked this up today for just the hell of it. Hell of it? Hell of it. Uh, something fishy about this price. Uh, no, it's uh, fucking expensive. So if you're looking to drop like 80 bones, I think it was. Yeah, for the media. For the media. I think I got mine for like way less than that. I'm, I'm guessing it was years ago, but. Yeah. And hey, man, I've, I've contemplated on buying like $200 tapes just to have them. Honestly, like, there's no way I'm ever going to stumble across this and fucking... There are certain tapes where the price is only going to go up. Yeah, so, I mean, it, but it's got to be that tape. Yeah. Like a lunch meat, I'm paying fucking 200 bucks for it, you know, so, but not for, like, something like, I mean... Maybe I would. I don't know. It just sucks. But I'm guessing that price is a little inflated because Thanksgiving was a couple weeks ago. And I tried telling that to a couple of my buddies. Like, if you're going to buy tapes, man. Like, right now there's no tape swaps going on or conventions where you can just dig through crates with hang, hanging out with people. Your only option is Internet. Whether it's a group or it's a eBay or Amazon, the prices are going to be higher because it's holiday season. You know, and if it's a holiday-themed movie it's around that like, holiday. you know don't open till christmas goes up about 80 dollars every december every year same thing dude all year it's fucking 65 80 dollars whatever and then come december it's like 165.99 but free shipping yeah okay <laughs> fuck off you know that's where i think honestly like tape groups are good yeah because you'll you there's people in there who they collect and a lot of the people there will hook up people in groups without like they won't give the ebay price they'll fucking like sell it to you at like a good fucking deal like i've seen uh, tapes go in there for like honestly i seen somebody post something it was a bunch of tapes and he priced them all out and they like the prices he listed was like astronomically low yeah and it was honestly just like a yeah merry christmas guys basically like I know what I have, I know, and I know he's what they're worth. Like I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm, I know what I'm pricing them in at. In his circle, he's seen that tape <laughs> float by about three times in the last three or four months. He knows it's probably going to float by in another couple months. It's Christmas time. It's a coveted tape. Here, man. Can't I know I'm going to come across another one, and if I don't, hey, man, I've seen this movie a million times, and it needs a good home. And someone's going to be fucking hella stoked that they got that tape. You know how that is, man. Oh yeah. 
That's just like with baseball cards, man. People are charging astronomical prices for those two now, you know, because it's like, ah, it's just a collector's fee. It's like the collector's prices suck. You want to be like inner circle of friends or like a network of people that are just not. I'm just, I, I miss the fact of just a bunch of people getting together and like eating pizza and swilling beer and just like dragging in fucking milk crates full of tapes. Right. Even if you're not going to buy anything from them, I want to dig through your shit and see what you got. Like, talk shit about anything. I don't fucking care. Tape, tape swaps are fun, dude. They're, they've always been cool. Like, Tape Eaters was the first one I went to, and that was probably my favorite one. But, like, excellent, man. Good time. And I always found good shit. Always, dude. Oh, yeah. I raided your table at Tapeworms, man. You just gave me half the shit you had. You didn't even want it. I got, like, Psycho Cop from you. I got fucking... Uh, I got a bunch of gold from you that you didn't even charge me for. I'm like, dude, let me at least give you like a dollar for this. And <laughs> you had some good tapes that you were selling for, you know. I sold so much shit there at dirt cheap prices. Like, yeah, you did. I don't. I don't like fucking haggling. I don't like any of that. I'd rather just price everything really fucking low and just sell it. And but there was one tape I put in there, I think, and I regret it. Fucking pledge night. <laughs> I don't think I have it anymore. What'd you sell it for? <laughs> do you know how 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 <laughs> you know how cheap I was selling all my slipcases at the at tapeworms? <laughs> that tape sold for like five bucks. You fucker, dude. <laughs> what if <laughs> if I would have seen Pledge Night, motherfucker, dude? Like, I got there all late and shit. Because I just seriously was like, yeah, whatever, this much. And then whenever people would be like, what is for these? I would just count how many tapes. I wouldn't even look at the titles. I would just count the tapes and be like, that much. And then I think I was looking through my tapes and I got home, like, just like a while later. And I'm like, where the fuck is Pledge Night? And I'm like, did I fucking put that out on the table? <laughs> I would have freaked. I would have been like, I, would, I wouldn't have bought it from you. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Put this back. Like, what are you doing, man? You gonna sell pledge knife for like fucking what? What do you got? Five bucks, cool. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? That tape. That was when that tape was going for fifty. Yeah. Now it's going for like one twenty. So yeah, there it is. I'm sure. I, I got a kung fu uh, movie from you. Yeah. Brutely, brutely has fucking brutely in it. It was like fucking knuckles of Shaolin or some cool shit. Dragons of Shaolin, big box. I'm like. Oh, you can just have it, dude. Brute Lee, is that, like, tougher than Bruce Lee? I'm like, I don't know. It looks cool. <laughs> like, it's a cool big box, man. Uh, some kid was walking around with just, like, a box full of his toys he was selling them. I bought, like, a Fantastic Four The Thing figurine from him for, like, two bucks. I was like, he's like, would you like any of my toys? And I'm just like, dude, I'm not going to say no. Like, yeah, dude, I'll take that. He's like... That'll be $2. I thought it was like, name your own price. I'm like, okay, let me see what I got here. Like, That was cool, though, because there was people outside, too, like, on the side of the bar. Was there? I don't think I ever said. I don't they think it rained. Or Fuck there was it. no room or whatever. And there were some killer tapes out there. Uh, Jimmy had a guy meet him up there and bought a fucking hockey jersey. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A Red Wings jersey. He had a guy meet him up. He's like, I'm at the Rock Room. Why not? Dude showed up with like an authentic fucking Dylan Larkin. Dylan, mm -hmm. it was his rookie year. Dylan Larkin fucking, he bought it for like a hundred bucks and then bought like 200 bucks worth of death tapes from Tony Salamone. He had a fucking whole stack of them, dude. Like, 
I think I bought a couple Shocking of death Asia tapes. Shocking Asia. Like, fucking, like, caught on. He's, like, all death tapes and fucking... I'm like, what are you doing, Jimmy? Like, you're fucking out of hand right now. Dude, do you, I don't know why I remember this. Do you remember fucking... You were hanging out with Bob. It was when me, for, me and you first met. You were hanging out with Bob. And you popped in. You were like... He came over and you were watching uh, Faces of Death 2. And he, like, chilled with you for a little bit. Then got up to leave and, like... Hugged you and said you're like you're in a dark place. Yeah, it's like I'm way too good of a person to watch anything like this. It was when they were clubbing the seals, dude. Like, he's like, I don't know what you get from this, but I'm this is not good. I'm way too good of a person. You're just in like a dark place right now. I'm like, dude, I've been watching these movies for 15 years. What are you talking about, dude? I'm like, fuck, dude. What's worse, like acknowledging that it that it happens and it sucks, or just turning a blind eye to it and acting like everything's okay? At least I know that this shit happens. I don't agree with it, but fuck, dude, it sucks. I'm like, dude, you can hug me when we're fucking sitting at Burger King smashing Whoppers and shit, because that's basically what happens to the fucking shit that they... <laughs> I mean, what, it ain't no better, dude. What, <laughs> yeah. He just he does, he didn't like that. Like, the images of, like, shit being killed and, like... <laughs> which I get it. It's not for everybody, you know? But, yeah, that was a, that was a doozy. And then here's Jimmy... With like seventeen death tapes, I he he actually did score the uh, bootleg faces of death clamshell. Yeah, he gave it to me. He's like, I literally went to put my tapes under your table that I bought from Salamone to go back and buy faces of death. And Jimmy's moved like halfway down the aisle and he's got it in his hand. I'm like, you fucker. I was like, what the, I was coming back to get that. I was like, no, you can have it. He's like, no, here, just take it, man, whatever. And I'm like, fuck, all right, dude. So I got that. And I'm pissed off that particular tapeworms because I was going to buy Eraserhead RCA Columbia mm -hmm. slip. And it was on the floor. And I had it in my hand and set it down. And if you were to ask me a hundred times from fucking yesterday why I did not buy that tape and I bought a blind buy... The Campus Corpse. <laughs> I swear to God, I, this is like the biggest mystery in my life. I bought a tape that said The Campus Corpse and the artwork looked cool and didn't buy Eraserhead. And went home and watched Campus Corpse and it was basically one person mysteriously fucking died on a fucking university campus. And it was like a... Like a fucking after school special of like people trying to figure out how this kid died and I'm like this sucks like really dude but it was a for one it was a fucking uh, like a media or like a you know what I mean mm -hmm. it looked cool I'm like this has to be like campus corpse I'm thinking it's like a, a slasher on like final exam or something like and you look on the back and you're like this might be cool and I took it home and watched it I just want to smash it in fucking thousands of pieces like I should have just got a racer head man <laughs> Well, you should get the boat or the mystery box. Well, the boat's a boat. The mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's... Oh, there's, oh, there's oh, the mystery got you, bud. Yeah. Can, uh, can I dig through those boxes? No, but you can buy the whole box. Well, there might be some things in there that I do want. Well, if you want something in there, you're going to have to buy everything in there. I'm not interested. <laughs> I've had that conversation with people. They're like, no, just take them all. I'm like, no... Nah, Nah, really. Like, can I just see what you got? Yeah, but you don't need to dig through. Just take the whole thing for like 20 bucks. There's like fucking 50 tapes in there. And I open up one lid and I see like fucking Barney and Friends. And then I see like, you know, like... Could be no. 50 tapes of like 
shit like that. Like it I, wouldn't even let me look through them. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not buying a mystery box of tapes. I got, I have no room in my apartment, dude. Yeah. Honestly, if I could flip through them and find two tapes that would at least equal to price of what I'm going to buy for the whole thing, I'd be like, okay. And then on the way home, I would stop at a dumpster, throw all those fucker other ones out, and grab the two I wanted. He's like, oh, it's a mix. It's like horror and action. And I'm like, yeah, but your definition of horror and action is a lot different than mine. Uh, there was this like mom and pop video store that was renting out Blu-rays towards the very end, about five, mm-hmm. six years ago, in Westland. And I went in there, and this dude had some pretty good... Uh, I got all my Van Damme tapes from him. They weren't cut. They were, like, straight up displayed on VHS shelves. All my Rockies. All my Bruce Lee. Like, no horror, really. But it was, like, all the action movies, like, Seagal movies. He had all that shit. It was all, like, Chuck Norris movies and shit. I, I cleaned him out, and he was, like, five bucks a tape, and they were all in good shape. So I was, like, went back there every once a week. I'm like, dude, I promise you I will buy these off of you for the price you're asking once a week. I can't buy them all now. I said, if someone comes in here and they're interested, he's like, dude, you're like the only person that's come in here and even looked at the VHS. No <laughs> one's going to buy them. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll buy all these. I'm, I'm claiming all these. Because I was like, should I just put a stack behind the counter for you that you know, hold for me so no one else buys them? He's like, dude. I could put these in the window and say free and no one's going to want them, dude. I'm surprised you even offered me money for them. It's like, I feel like I'm robbing you. Yeah, I'm like walking out with like Cyborg and Bloodsport, Rocky Four. I'm like fucking stoked. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I fucking miss those days. Those times were gold. Yeah, they were. They're coming back, man. Being able to, I mean, I mean, well, Finding tapes at stores is not coming back. <laughs> no, maybe not. Like that, tape that aspect. Swaps, tape swaps are coming back. Fucking, I remember being at a... So we go to Cinema Wasteland. That's, there's tape collectors galore there. Oh, That's yeah, like VHS it. fucking convention, basically. Oh, God, yeah. Without going to fucking... Uh, the fuck, Severed? Was it Severed that's out in uh, the East Coast somewhere? I never went to it, but it's like basically a VHS convention. Um... But, so, like, when you go to Wasteland, it's, you see something, you pick it up if you can get it at a good price. Oh, for sure. I remember being at fucking Horror Hound, which, that's not a fucking tape convention. No. And, A, I got Prowler Big Box there for, like, dirt cheap. Yeah. B, on Friday, I saw Maniac VHS, the media, and I let it sit there until Sunday and came back to the booth and picked it up. Yeah, I remember I was there. (laughs) Ashley almost had a fucking aneurysm. She's like, you're not buying that? I'm like, oh, maybe get it later. <laughs> Came back on Sunday. Finally picked it up. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody fucking, especially then, nobody there cared, gave two shits about VHS. No, I, I rarely. I remember on Friday I went there and seen the Incredible Melting Man VHS for 10 bucks and didn't buy it and went back Sunday and it was gone. I'm like, that was like literally only tape that I was considering buying like you know what I mean yeah but the cool thing about Horror Hound was the bootleg DVD guy oh yeah that guy I got Fatal Games like all the you know I think the last time we went he hooked us up on it cause like I've, usually I wouldn't buy stuff cause I'm like oh either I have it or 
you know, I'll, I'll try to pick up a fucking copy of it. And then just, I think that last time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, I'm going to pick out some fucking movies. Yeah. Just because, you know, I don't feel like dropping money on tapes. Like, it was just quick, easy, cheap way to fucking view these movies that I haven't seen. And I always made sure I grabbed ones that I never seen an upload of. Yeah. Haven't seen a copy floating around. Or the tape is just stupid. Like, yeah. So, like, shit that I know of, like, there's no way for me to just view this. But, yeah, I think he hooked us up, like, pretty good. I ended like, up cut his prices down. Yeah. Well, dude, I bought, like, because, dude, I still have yet to see Fatal Games available for sale on VHS. It pops up over once in a while on eBay. I have yet to see it. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It's just me personally. So I'm going by odds. Mm-hmm. The odds of me coming across one are pretty astronomical thus far. So I'm, like, $5 DVD bootleg fuck it I can pop it in anytime and watch it love the movie I think I got Cellar Dweller uh, the Slayer and Scalps double feature shit like that I'm like fuck yeah hell yeah man you know and he's even got the artwork there and like you know you can find some gems in there even some non-horror gems in there I tried telling you about this movie The, the Peanut Butter Solution mm-hmm. yeah he had that and I hadn't I still have yet to find that I'm like holy shit and that was a Disney movie from like the 80s that I used to love when I was a kid and I'm like how does this guy just know what buttons to press with me? Like, he knows what I'm looking for. I, I take my money, dude. You know? I'm like, fuck, dude. I, I ain't too proud to beg. Let me get that fucking... Uh, let me get that Act of Vengeance bootleg DVD. Because I know that Thorny and Mai's probably going for like a Bill 50. You know? like. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those were good times, man. Well, they're coming back. I mean, the tape swaps and stuff, conventions. I can't wait, dude. We're definitely going to have to, like, hit those up when, when those are, you know, going on. Yeah, fucking, it's kind of fucking two, two wastelands have gotten canceled. Yeah. Looking like, uh, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to say it's looking like a third one's going to get canceled, but it's going to be pretty dicey. Yeah. Still in a weird phase. I mean, and, My, and, and Wasteland had a set. Like, they were going to do X amount before they called it quits, and they were coming up on that X amount. Really? So I don't know if they're going to extend it or what, but. Yeah, dude, those are. I've had so much fun at Wastelands. So, like, I always wanted to pitch the idea of, like, Slasher Dave playing a tape swap. I mean, yeah, should happen. It probably should fucking happen. Why wouldn't he? I was honestly trying to get in touch with, because, like, I know people who know who runs Horror Hound, to try to get fucking Acid Witch to play a Horror Oh, hound. yeah. Or at least Slasher Dave. Or both. But I, I kind of gave that up when... Slasher Dave on Friday and Acid Witch on Saturday? See, that would have been pissed. I gave up on <laughs> even trying that, though, because <laughs> the first... Okay, the first Horror Hound I went to, this was, like, back in, fuck, 2010... I don't know. It was like one of the earlier ones. Mushroom had played. That's what you were telling me. Yeah. And I remember being sheets in the fucking bag, watching Mushroom Head in a fucking hotel conference room, talking shit about Mushroom Head. Yeah. And like Ashley's like nudging me because I'm like surrounded by Mushroom Head fans. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. what are they going to do? <laughs> we're in a hotel. But like after that, it was like rockabilly psychobilly and psychobilly and stuff like that so then I kind of like lost it, it kind of took the winds out of my sails to try to make that happen to yeah. try to get like 
it in the works to maybe if they even, I don't even know if they'd even fucking want to do it. But I think it'd be cool to have them play and I could party with friends all, like more more friends to party with throughout the fucking weekend. Oh, for sure. But it's like, yeah, when like Michael Graves was supposed to fucking play there and fucking. I remember that, yeah. That Edgar was Allen, I wanted to see him. Ellen Poe, Edgar Poe, what the fuck's that band's name? They're in like Horror Hound. They're always in Horror Hound. Something Poe, or were they just called Poe? Poe. I don't know. Yeah, it was some fucking. I don't know. It fucking sucked. Almost every goddamn music act that played Harley, Horror Harley Poe? Oh my god, I think that is it. Who the fuck is that? That sounds familiar. It was a bad. It was a bad fucking band. That's what it was. Oh, maybe it's. I know them from Horror Hour or something. Yeah, I think so because they're fucking horrible. Harley Poe. Oh, it's that like. There's like seven members in the band. They all dress up and they like. Is that? It's all like either like psychobilly, yeah, rockabilly, like or rockabilly like piratey. That's what I'm folky, talking about. Like yeah. It was like they're all in costume. Like I just remember it got to that stage where we would like we would walk around and we at this point we're fucking lit and we'd walk into a room and like we would just like walk in twenty feet, hear the music, see the band, and walk right the fuck back out. (laughs) The only good things at that point were like when they would do like the eighties dance party. Yeah, the pajama party. That shit was fun. Yeah, good time. Just dragging a cooler. Or a backpack. We did the backpack. The 40-ounce dudes did the cooler. Yeah. We literally had a backpack with a grocery bag inside of it. Stuffed with beer. And ice. Yeah, and ice. So... It kept us dry. Yeah, the bag was <laughs> crucial. And the bag was swapped between me and you. <laughs> like, well, I'm, yeah, really, you I'm really getting tired of holding, like, 20 beers on my back. Dude, I had, like, a 30 rack in a fucking backpack just walking around. I'm like, dude, I'm going to fold up if I don't get rid of this fucking thing, dude. Sometimes I'd like wear it in the front like a fucking Bjorn or whatever you call that. Like Baby a fucking, Bjorn? Yeah, Baby Bjorn. <laughs> you always got people like fucking, you're in mid-conversation, they just start pulling the backpack back and you're like, ah! Like, because they want a beer. <laughs> they just unzip your shoes. You're like, whoa, hey, hey, hey. I think about this sometimes because like a lot of that is like, once it comes and goes, you don't really think much about it and it's just the time in your life. But how many people we've met that we still... Hang out, talk, talk to, to, hang out with, fucking make late night phone calls to drunkenly like, what's up, man? That just, we randomly met yeah. there. Yeah. Insanity, man. Conventions. All the 40-ounce dudes we met randomly. St. Louis dudes. St. Oh, dude, that's that's the most random of random. I met all of Acid Witch at Cinema. Yeah. Lewis at Horrorhound. Uh, Acid Witch dudes I knew. Lewis I met... One of the first tape beaters in Ann Arbor. It was at um, Natural Canvas where they did the screening of Just Your Tracking. Oh, well, I was there. Uh, Not at the screening. This, that's where the, the. It was at that same place, but it was tape beaters and it was like two years prior. Oh, because I went to a screening of Just Your Tracking. With yeah. You. Nate was like hosting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a year prior, was like. Um, Tape beaters. They didn't have the tape swap when I went. So no. yeah, it was a year before that. Yeah. That's where I met uh, Tavi. Oh yeah, Tavi. Tavi's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I miss yeah. her. Yeah, and uh Nate. Pancakes? Yeah, Nate Pancakes yeah. and uh Tavi that night at the Adjust Your Tracking. And seen some cats there that I've seen like at shows and just around, like and at tape swaps. So it's like you see familiar faces, you don't know who they are, but all good people. Yeah, it's definitely fun, man, but I met a lot of people at conventions and, like, 
just yeah fucking you know that I still talk to and Dave fucking nobody still comes out here like a couple times a year and fuck yeah dude love that dude yeah, every, love time, that every dude. time he comes here he's got like a bag full of VHS for me man and I feel dude I feel bad because he always comes up with the gifts for both of us and I feel bad I haven't been able to return the favor to him yeah I think I'm gonna fucking fix that though because I got like some hockey cards and some fucking baseball cards I think you might I got doubles and triples I might give him a nice little that are worth money. They're not useless. Like they're like even like fifteen twenty dollar cards. But I got like four of them. Need like, to hook, he, we need to hook him up, man. Because he he always comes through. He fucking does. good. He like does. he'll show up. Like yeah, I'm in town, and he gets here. And he's like, hey, dude. So I got this for you. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, thanks, man. But you don't got to give me anything. Yeah. He's, but he's like, he's one of those guys, man. He's he sees shit and he knows you're gonna dig it. He's gonna pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. He hooked me up with some real good baseball VHS. You know, I was like, dude, like the box set, fucking 100 greatest home runs of all time. He's like, yeah, there's like five tapes. One of them's like greatest dingers of all time. You might like it. I'm like, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> like, fuck, thanks, dude. It was like the uh, History Channel box set of like every tape was a different thing of baseball. Like greatest pitchers of all time, greatest home runs, greatest moments. Like, Thanks, dude. He's like, yeah, I seen it at a yard sale. It was a couple bucks. Figured I'd get it for you. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, well, you're awesome. Fucking, all right, dude. Why not? Okay, so, you spinning anything? Fucking. Oh, no, nothing new. Nothing new, but it's a mixed bag for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned slander on the last podcast. No, I don't think we did. I've been jamming them a lot, like, since he showed up, since he sent them to me. That album's fucking pissed. Yeah, there's a band called Slander from... England. England? Yep. From the UK, was it, uh, 90? 91. 91, they came out. They're basically, it's basically new album, but, like, couldn't really call them new album. They're, like, later era, Yeah. obviously. Yeah. But it's that same, like, that sound is, like, dialed in. Yeah, they're hundred percent that. They're great, yeah. And the album just got a, that album actually just got a re-release, and that's fucking pretty much already sold out. You're gonna need that. It's so good, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find a copy without dropping a C note. Yeah. Worth it. What have you been jamming though? Um, only spun it the one time so far, and I was telling you about it, and we spun it right before we started this. Uh, band Oral. Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, so Sangrio Records. Um. So okay, band called Oral. From uh, Detroit? No, from uh, England. England, but what was happening in Detroit with that band? Sangrio Records put them out. Gotcha. So they're from England, 80s. Um, yeah, Sangrio. It's everybody, there's like this weird mystique about this band. I honestly knew nothing about this band until Alejandra initially started posting about them like months ago. It got me intrigued. So, 80s, new album, all chick band. So everybody thought. The cover was just three chicks. It's a yeah. chick vocalist. Yep. Everybody thought it was just, that was the chicks that made this fucking band. And there's nothing known about them. And this is the only release they had was called Sex. Come yeah. to find out that, you know, through years and investigation, whatever, digging through shit... It was actually 
four dudes that made the music, and then they got a they brought in a, uh, this girl and recorded her doing the vocals. Yeah, and they just made this whole mystique basically. And the dudes who made the band were um, Gary Bichelle from the Gonads, uh, Steve, what the fuck was his name? Steve Ascent, I think, from the Business. Mark Brabs from Tank. From Tank, yeah. One yeah, of the guys he was the drummer from Tank. And then fucking, just, that's stout. just some dude named Kevin. Nobody knows his last name. Nobody was, he was just Kevin. Kevin did this. And then they just had the, they brought in this girl who did the vocals. And basically, Sangreal Records from Detroit is just released the first official release of it since like 85. For a while, this release has kind of been, like, hard to come by, pricey as fuck when you could find it, bootleg like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. So they just released the first official release since, like, the 80s. And just spun it. This Honestly, this was the first time I spun it. I got it, like, two days ago. I dig it. I liked it. It was cool. It had, like, a... I just picked up, like, a little bit of a Motorhead vibe. A little bit in the in the guitars and like, and then I, something weird about the vocals and the music approach. I I picked up like some like Runaways or like <coughs> I don't know. It's a weird mix. It it works though. Whatever it is, it was like that late seventies, early eighties kind of like not really new album, not really like Motorhead, but maybe like a fucking. Um, I think this was like mid eighties, like yeah, but eighty forty five. Well, Tank was 70s. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the only dude that I would even know. Which, honestly, he was like, around for you all take that. those dudes and carry over the style, the stuff they've done. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a cool mix of, like, different, like, styles, though. Like, I think I, it's cool, for yeah. sure. We spin it again, like, I, I, definitely, for sure. Absolutely. But, yeah, so I spun that uh, one time <laughs> before the show. Um, fucking Sword Wielder. System of Overlord. Yeah, we jammed that on Thanksgiving. That was great. Dude, talking about Thanksgiving. Yeah. We made some drunk calls. Yeah. I made okay. some drunk calls. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So I might have to make an apology to Jay. <laughs> if I was... Pro- I, I have a feeling... I don't know mm. for sure, but I have a feeling I was probably yelling into the phone. <laughs> You were a little loud, but I remember everything fully, and the conversations were great. All right, that's good. I remember bits and pieces. Yeah, Mike uh, from yeah. Acid Witch and Nuke and Temple of Void and seven other bands. Uh, we, we we called him first, and like that was pretty cool. What was funny about that one is I remember doing that is I have his number. But I called him through Facebook Messenger. Yeah, which freaked him out. And he's like, <laughs> he was like, I thought there was something wrong. He's like, is there an emergency or something? Like, what's going on? And uh, that was cool. And then we called Jay. Uh, Jay's a super cool dude. Likes our show. Fucking talked to him for like an hour. Never talked to that guy. I'm shit housed on whiskey. So Let's was, call fucking Jay. He was like, dude, I'm just coming back from the bar, dude. I did a bunch of Jack Daniels. Apparently, he fucking was doing like. Shawn Michaels moves and fell down the stairs all drunk on Jack like last week. I think I saw that. Yeah, I was like, dude, Invisible Shawn Michaels super kicked you down the stairs. 
Awesome. So what's up, Jay and Mike? What's up, man? Like, hope that carrier's working out for you. We told him oh, about yeah. carrier. I was like, dude. I was like, so there's this band Slander. He's like, oh, I know Slander. I got the like original CD like release. I've been onto those guys forever, and I'm like, you never heard Carrier? I just assumed. I thought he would have known Carrier. If Mike, any, when it comes to like metal bands, Mike knows every band that I know plus about a thousand. It blew my mind. He never heard Carrier because that seems like a band Mike would like. Right up his alley. Right up his alley. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. So he like straight up Googled it on the phone with us. He's like, you talking about this one? We're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, this sounds good, man. Like, we, we talked to him for a little while. And uh, so there's that. So no apologies are needed, I don't think. There's nothing happened. Yeah. I don't know, man. I got wasted. That's all I know. Yeah, I woke up right on this wood floor. It was good times, dude. I think I ended up watching fucking, what did I watch? Something on Shudder, like Tubi or something. But Thanksgiving was cool. So, yeah, Thanksgiving was cool. Fucking sword wielder. I do. I, I'll take that album off, and I'll obviously go through other shit, and then that album goes back on. That album stays on for a while. It's so good. It's such a good fucking... God damn it, dude. They nail that style. Yeah, they do. It's like you, seeing them, I felt like I was just in, like, late 80s England. Yeah, that's what you were telling me. Like, that's killer, dude, because, like... It's like you. That shit's been dead kind of for a long time. Like, yeah. Like, I, you could have. It, it was like being at an axe grinder show. I can't even imagine, like, an 89 and shit. Like, that's fucking. There's a fucking. Uh, there's a real quick, uh, like, a VHS quality, shitty quality, bad tracking video, like, live show of, like, axe grinder from, like, 89. Yep. Seen it. It's fucking amazing. It's killer. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. But, like,. I couldn't imagine going to like a show now and getting that same vibe. Like, that's that's pretty impressive if they can pull that off, man. I remember talking like uh, after that show, we walked outside and I was talking to Mark, and I was like, "Dude," and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Could have closed your eyes and been back in fucking England, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like I totally felt like this like late '80s fucking England and. X Grinder is going to be playing next. Like, oh this God. is what this fucking feels like, man. It's incredible, yeah. They fucking nail it, like, to a T. So, yeah, I'm spinning the fuck out of that. Um, <laughs> this one, take a sharp left. Um, don't really care for much outside of this record by this band. A um, couple songs off the one after this, and the one before this is basically this album, just not as good. Fucking Three Inches of Blood, Advanced and Vanquish. Yeah, well, you were ripping that in the car on the way here. It's one of those fucking albums that I'll put on and I'll all the time. Yeah, it's been a long time since I actually heard of or heard that band. Like like fifteen years, I want to say. But I do remember I seen them twice. That's what you're saying. On like a couple festivals, and I think Zach was in Black Dahlia at the time, and I think they were on like one of the like festivals or whatever in Detroit I went to and those dudes were like metal as fuck man like as opposed to the other bands like they came out like you said they were like sandwiched between fucking uh like a couple hardcore bands it was, it was like a metal hardcore and fucking something else yeah like Guar played that and like uh Black Dahlia it was a weird mix of like different bands but like I remember they were on there and like it was weird cause you had like <laughs> it's two totally ends of the spectrum, right? Like, 
like I don't know why the person running the gig didn't like figure it out like you don't put three inches of blood on after like a hardcore band because it's gonna alienate some people you want to like put it somewhere else like the, it was just weird because it was like dude you hear one band and then three inches of blood comes on and you're like dude well, these guys are definitely like a reincarnation of priest and then another band comes on that's nothing like that and you're like okay it's just like weird but i seen them at like two gigs and they were pretty cool man like but then on the way here you were you were jamming them and i'm like dude these guys are pretty good like that was cool they, they just reminded me of like a fucking priest like that what, what i heard and what i remember yeah i mean honestly times, I, see, I think i've seen them twice in the same year so it might have been the one album advance that and vanquish i think really has that fucking feel that to must it. have been when i seen them because that's what the vibe i got and the two there's like two songs on fire at the blades that still have that yeah feel to it and it's like I, honestly i think in fire up the blades even the songs i don't like they really carry in that gallop picking yeah that, that was the fucking coolest great part. right yeah yeah but they kind of go into that like I don't even know how to describe it, but I just I remember listening to like a bridge part or some type of part, and I could just tell like I could just envision people doing like hardcore dancing to it, and it bothers me. I was also not in a great mood today, so. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, dude, like the shit you were jamming on the way here, I, I would listen to that. I wouldn't even turn it bad an eye. That shit was pretty cool, man. But yeah, like I was, it, honestly, I was listening to Priest today. Hell yeah, not not even kidding. Like weird, like and Maiden. Today. That's what I jammed today. So that's why I had nothing special, but like I jammed like Fear of the Dark album. Alright. And Power Slave, which are two that I never play. And then like Priest, I was jamming like Ram It Down and uh Stained Class, I think it was, and like uh Turbo. Like I was just trying to like listen to fucking like bands that I listen to all the time with the albums I never listen to, you know what I mean? For sure. Every time you reach for Maiden, it's like the same three albums for me. So I'm trying to like, I've heard them all, but like I'd rather listen to something that you know has a little dust on it, blow it off a little <laughs> bit. Like it's been a minute since I and Fear of the Dark's got some killer tracks on it. It was like the last Dickinson album, but dude, honestly, I uh, today I listened to Seventh Son, good shit, and uh, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, they fit right in there. Somewhere in Time's better. Yeah, that goes into the conversation we were having and the conversation my cousin posted about because he posted like Seven Sons the Best Dickinson we've, album we've been on that kick since me and him have kind of known each other and I think honestly <clears throat> Somewhere in Time's better we had a moment actually when he said that I think when I I think the first time we really hung out at Slayer Dance he was wearing a Maiden shirt and I was just dicking around I think John was there too and I think Slayer Dad put Maiden on and I can't remember what, what album it was. I'm like, eh. I think it was like Number of the Beast or something. I'm like, dude, Seventh Son would be better. He's like, yeah, only their best album. I'm like, you don't even know, man. He's like, bullshit, that's their best album. I'm like, okay, if you're telling the truth, you're the only person I've ever met that's ever agreed with me. You're telling me that Seventh Son's your favorite made album. Just fuck yeah, dude. That whole album front to back's great. They're all good, but like Seventh Son's the best one. Only cat I've ever met that ever said that. Ever. I just... But you know what? I did see Kerrang! or one of those big magazines. Yeah. Seventh Son was voted as the greatest Maiden album. I mean, worldwide. There's good shit on it. The whole album as a whole is good. 
but I felt Somewhere in Time was better than that. Yeah, Somewhere in Time was the first Maiden I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah? Some girl that had a crush on me in high school bought me that CD for Christmas. And I literally didn't listen to it for a year. It never left its plastic wrapping. <laughs> and I was cleaning one day and just opened it up. Because nothing appealed to me about it. I didn't even know who Maiden was. I was listening to like Sepultura and like Slayer and Cannibal Corpse. And I'm looking at this like kind of cheesy what the fuck is this I put it in one day and it's just fucking something changed and I was like this is great like and then I went out and fucked all the fucking maiden shit like Somewhere in Time was like that first album I heard man and it was super hard synths like 80s doubt it wasn't the metal fucking like you know peace of mind that I found later on it was like super heavy on the synths and super like proggy and shit but it was cool so I feel like in this conversation it's not so much the best Maiden album, it's the best Dickinson album. Oh, I've always said that. The best the best Maiden album's killers to me. It goes back and forth for me. Yeah, so when I say the best... It goes self-titled killers. It's, it's between one of those See, two. That's the best fucking... Well, no, it's, it goes between those two. Yeah, yeah. On what I consider the best Maiden album. I keep forgetting, yeah. People might not understand that. When I say the best Maiden album is Seventh Son, there was only two Diano records. Killers is the greatest Maiden album, but, like, everyone has to admit that Maiden is basically Dickinson from fucking 82 to present. That's... That catalog is extensive. I wouldn't put... I would put Seventh Son right up there with Killers as far as, like... But they're, that's two totally different records. They're not even in the same fucking ballpark, dude. Listen to Killers, then listen to Seventh Son. They're eons apart, dude. Yeah, totally different. It, yeah, it's just... I'm thinking, like, Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in Time, all those albums. Yeah. Seventh Son was the best one. And then Fear of the Dark wasn't bad. No Prayer for the Dying I didn't care for. Damn, maybe two songs on that were okay. Fear of the Dark comes back with the fucking... It goes back to their fucking roots, basically. Yeah. They go back to what Maiden was. There's yep. fucking gallops all through that fucker. Yep. Great record. Yeah, it's not bad. There's some duds on there, but Dickinson was on his way out and shit. Sorry, I had to eat some Tums. Um, yeah, dude. I just, I just feel like, like once... The bring your daughter to the slaughter shit. Dude, like, I just feel like once Dickinson got in the band... With everything that got released, got you that much closer to Holy Smoke. That's the album I'm talking about. That I it's it's in between Seventh Son and Fear of the Dark. Like that's a weird <laughs> era. That's a weird era. Holy Smoke and like uh, bring your daughter to the slaughter and shit. It's oh. <laughs> but that actually that album has a couple of fucking decent tracks on it. Yeah, yeah it does actually. That was the last uh, Derek Riggs. Artwork too. Fear of the Dark was oh, a different shit, guy. Yeah. And Martin Birch left after one of those albums. He produced all their albums up until that point. From like 70 fucking six Jesus Christ. to 92. And then once he left, Dickinson bounced. And then that was it for a couple of years. And then they got Blaze Bailey. And we don't need to get into that. So, <laughs> so what have you been watching? Me? Uh, Okay, so Three's Company. Uh, a lot yeah, of that. I texting you about that. Yeah, I've been watching like a lot of Three's Company. Um, and it's just random 
Uh, it's just like nothing. I didn't write anything down, so bear with me. But a lot of that, I watched. What did I watch? The other day, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. I've been reaching for some like oh, like I got a Christmas list too. Like, I say it's all that. Yeah, so Close I that. I do like the peanuts every year. Used to do it with my nieces and nephews, but they're too cool for that now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to get excited. Charlie Brown. I'm like fuck yeah, Charlie Brown, and like now they're too cool. So, I still watch Peanuts Christmas, and then just like. Uh, Scrooged, I watched the other day, which is uh, phenomenal, actually. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooged is fucking great. First time he sees the fucking Ghost of Christmas pro, uh, Future. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, I, I, that movie will never get old. I watched uh, Die Hard 1 and 2, uh, and uh, that's it. Yeah, throwing that lethal weapon. I did watch Lethal Weapon. You did, because, dude, I've been. I, I I think I told you that years ago. I'm like, dude, Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie, because that was when the big Die Hard discussion Die Hard was. Yeah, it became like kind of like a known thing, and well, people were like, dude, to me, them. Lethal Weapons is as much as a Christmas movie as Die Hard. Yeah, it is. If not, honestly, if you really look at them, if not more, because I feel there's more. Reference and imagery of Christmas in Lethal Weapon no, there than is. you see in Die Hard. Oh yeah, there's like Christmas trees fully lit and decorated. Like, uh, I mean, they reference Christmas throughout the whole movie, and then it ends with Christmas dinner. Like, okay, so whatever is in Die Hard that makes people argue that it's a Christmas movie, there's a little bit more of that in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like nuances and mentions and imagery of like Christmas trees and decorations like it's just that it takes place in fucking LA so there's no snow dude there's no like I think that's why people aren't connecting it because like it's hard for people that don't live in a state <laughs> like people in Michigan don't understand why there's no snow on the ground on December 23rd in LA it's just <laughs> you know they, they they throw lights up on palm trees in Florida and shit you know I, I don't know what they do but it's here it's like Cold and fucking snowy and Christmassy. It don't mean that it's less festive in LA. It's just like eighty degrees. <laughs> but it's definitely a Christmas movie. Oh my god! Yeah, Die Hard and uh, Lethal Weapon. The first Lethal Weapon. But Die Hard Two is a fucking. Oh Christmas yeah, I was about movie. to say Die Hard Two, and that's with snow. With snow, yeah, because they're in New York. Because he leaves LA because mm -hmm. his wife got the job out in New York, and he's like, yeah, so it's all snowy and like. Christmassy and shit, but that's what I've been watching. That's it, pretty much that I can think of. Oh yeah, I've watched zero Christmas movies. Oh, get none. On it. I've watched none so far. Get on it. Uh, but I have been watching some Lynch. Uh, so oh, I watched uh, Blue Velvet. Excellent. Uh, and Mulholland Drive. Those are the only two I've actually watched. Those are heavy hitters. Keep the gloves up, man. Dude, I do fucking amazing. Those movies. are the hard hitters right there. Blue Velvet is <laughs> solid gold. Yeah. But okay. let's let's let everybody know that's listening. For some odd reason, you've never seen Wild at Heart. I have not. I have not seen Wild at Heart. Get this guy in some kind of frame of mind for urgency to see <laughs> anybody listening. Hit him up on the IG, on the Insta, and tell him fucking how good Wild at Heart is. 
Yeah, still need to check out Wild at Heart. And honestly, haven't seen um, Inland Empire. That's probably my favorite, but I can't. It's hard to say that just because it's been it's the newest, and it's not considered to be a Mulholland Drive or a Lost Highway or a Blue Velvet. It's I think he made that for the underground cats. Like whatever makes Mulholland Drive as good as it is, he went way above and beyond with fucking Inland Empire. I mean, just a complete mindfuck, awesome puzzle sequence of scenes and dialogue that... Ah, the scene with Laura Dern that I sent you when she's talking to the neighbor. Mm -hmm. Like, the first time I seen that, it just hits you in the feet. It's so awkward and fucking, like, dark and just goes to weird places, but it's just two people talking. But even their facial expressions, like, only Lynch can put exclamation points on facial expressions perfect pauses in between sentences and dialogue to make it just agonizing to where you're like what is this person going to say next and then when that lady's like brutal fucking murder you don't even know like (laughs) what the fuck are you doing like it's great I love Inland Empire but I haven't seen it in like 10 years I need to get a physical copy of it because that's one of my faves for sure yeah actually I I looked it up I was going to try to pick up a copy of it yeah, I'm going to try to get a DVD of it. But that's cool you're doing the Lynch thing, though, man. Cause it all started with um, that most recent short he did. What did Jack do? Yeah, on Netflix. Never watched it. I knew about like <coughs> when he first came out, and I never turned it on. And for some reason, it like, clicked in my head. I'm like, dude, is that still on Netflix? I told you about the Remember, I was like, there's like a new short with David Lynch interviewing a monkey. And, I fucking and you're like, I'll have to check that out. And then you hit me up like, dude, so on Netflix. <laughs> I'm like, I told you about that like five months ago, dude. Well, I like, fucking we, finally watched it. Real quarantine when we weren't allowed to leave the house. <laughs> and everyone was talking about the Tiger King. I'm like, bullshit, there's a new David Lynch short. <laughs> well, I finally watched that. Awesome. And that's what kind of like got this ball rolling around. Like, I need to start. I want to dig back in like Lynch movies again because it's been a while since I watched anything. <clears throat> Yeah, went to Blue Velvet and fucking Mulholland Drive. Almost put him right back in, like, right after I finished him, because I'm like, hey, I want to watch him again. Yeah. Just something about his movies, man. And I wanna, I'm want i going to fucking pop in uh, Lost Highway, too. That's a good one, too, yeah. I think that's the one I've seen probably the most. Mm-hmm. I think that was the, first, that was the first Lynch movie I saw. And like, we had this conversation earlier was with us. It was we were in junior high, and that sound when the movie came out, and the soundtrack was all, like, if you were in the fucking new metal, or industrial, or Marilyn Manson, yeah. well, I, I had like in my mind, like if you were in the new metal at that stage, especially being like our age, you were also into like Nine Inch Nails, and not really realizing it was a totally different genre. It's just like, oh, you like corn and oh yeah, it was all and you also like nineties were a melting pot of yeah everything. I just remember the Crow soundtrack and the Lost Highway soundtrack were the bee's knees back then. Everyone had them. Everyone listened to them. Like, oh, yeah. It was fucking, you know, it was like Helmet was on fucking the Crow soundtrack. Like, no one knew who the fuck they were till they got on there. And then all of a sudden, everyone liked Helmet. And it's like, dude, these guys have been around for fucking... It's Helmet, dude. You know, whatever. That was the big thing back then. But, yeah, the Lost Highway soundtrack was like... I had never even seen the movie until I was well into my adult years. But that album was always like... Oh, it's on the Lost Highway soundtrack. It was like, like Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson's also in the movie. Like, fucking, yeah. like, it was like, just got, that's all he talked about. And it got fucking pushed. Every fucking radio station was playing something off of that album. It was. And yeah. they were all talking about this new David Lynch movie. When you're fucking like 
15 years old. You don't even know who the fuck David Lynch is, but you're like, it's a new fucking David Lynch movie, and it's got fucking Marilyn Manson, and it's and Animals and shit. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking... But yeah, once you... It's so it's so cool that once you dig into a Lynch and you start just really getting your nails dirty and mm-hmm. digging in there, you find some gold, man. Like, I mean, Eraserhead's always going to be up there for me, too. Oh, yeah. That's a given. Uh, the Elephant Man. I'm going to have to actually go back and watch Dune. I think I'm going to watch Dune. Like, I'm <laughs> sh- I think it said it was streaming on Hulu, so... They're going to remake Dune next year, anyone that doesn't know. Uh, Dune, okay, was a movie, a Lynch movie that came out in 84. And my take on it is, it's Return of the Jedi on hallucinogenics. It's like the same outfits, I'm guessing the same galaxy or time period. It's the same feel, but Sting from the police is in it. Like, everyone's in this fucking movie, dude. Well, from what I heard... Uh, Kyle McLaren from Blue Velvet and oh, yeah. Twin Peaks, he's in it. Fuck, everyone's in it. What I heard is he got offered by David uh, George Lucas to do Return of the Jedi. That's I think it was Return of the Jedi. Crazy. And turn it down because he's, he said, that's your thing, not mine. And then did Dune. And with Dune, he kind of kept getting blocked and doing what he wanted to do with it. Like, he couldn't do what he wanted to do. And it bombed. Even in his eyes, it fucking bombed. Oh, it's been a... Bombs. And he said it hurt like twice because it a it bombed, and b he felt like he sold out. Oh, for sure. Watch all and any of Lynch's films, and Dune could could have been made by fucking James Cameron or someone like some run like anyone that put out those types of movies, like The Terminator, like any visionary in the eighties that wanted to make a sci fi picture. Yeah, just envision that. That's what Dune is. But it's there's a like the same cult underground people that keep Long John Silver's open somehow <laughs> are the same people that say Dune is the greatest piece of cinema history ever. So there's something about it, and they're remaking it in 2021. So, And also uh, Dave Bautista is going to be in it, and Jason Momoa from everything. He's in it. I just looked it up, and there's a bunch of other people. But I'll probably check out the remake just because I want, I'd like to see like the new. It's not a reboot. I think it's a straight-up remake. Just so, somebody else making Dune. Yeah, with better with better budget though, with better, you know what I mean, like better uh, special effects and shit. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know. See how it goes. Yeah, I'm not big into the CGI thing. You know that, but yeah. with the new Terminator movies, I make an exception. Here's the thing with CGI, with horror, doesn't work. No, no, because good. horror movies never have that big of a budget where they can afford that well, that 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 well done. CGI. Now, blockbuster fucking like Halloween movies. Yeah, because a lot of the times you're looking at CGI and you don't even fucking realize it. True. Like the that last Terminator movie was fucking flawless, dude. To me, I mean, the last two were, yeah. But that fucking uh, Dark Fate, whatever that fuck, dude. It's like, and the whole thing, all it is is a fucking bowl of CGI with milk and a spoon. You're just eating. They force feed it, but it like it's. It's the Terminator. The, the the 84 Terminator was doing shit that people didn't even know was possible in a motion picture in 84. They're like... When he's like moving his fucking arm and shit. Like, that was like blowing people's minds back then. So they're just trying to keep pressing well, it's it now. It's like T2 like, was blew, blew people's minds with oh, fucking him walking around like fucking liquid metal. Oh, yeah. I mean... Walking out of the flames and shit. Yeah. Yeah, all that. The whole fucking... Or when he like froze and then... 
melted into a puddle and shit. Like that's that's all James Cameron, dude. That's what I mean. If you would have had James Cameron do fucking Dune, they're <laughs> we're talking a different story. But Lynch is like, I can do that too, man. And he's like, nah, you can, but you know, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> but so uh, okay, so the last thing that I watched, I remember watching. Is so you know they came out with a Castle Freak remake. I did not know that. They did. Um, Barbara Crampton was a producer. Really? Well, that's refreshing. I thought it was still eating made. That's a little. I actually read into it. Lo and behold, that motherfucker showed up like two weeks ago on Shutter. Good lord. And I'm like, you know what? I watched the trailer and I'm like, no. I'm like, no. And then one day I was just chilling here and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll put it on. And characters suck. The acting's not that fucking good. Some of the things they changed was really dumb. But there's enough, like, what the fuck going on in there. Really? That it is 100% worth at least one watch. And you know me in remakes, and I'm saying it is 100% worth one watch. Oh, if it's absolutely even if it's not worth I'm still one of these days going to watch the Suspiria remake <laughs> once at least I'm not going to just <laughs> die, take it to my uh, I wish I would have watched the Suspiria remake at least once I don't want to be that guy I'm going to watch it once I don't know when that's going to happen but it will I'll check it out how's the dude that portrays uh, Jeffrey Combs um, he's kind of a douchebag because hmm. they kind of flipped it around they flipped it around a little bit it's um instead of it being like him and his blind wife and their daughter, or him and his wife and their blind, blind daughter. daughter. Yeah. Um, it's this guy. It starts off with it's this group of friends and this, this guy who's the Jefferson Combs character, his girlfriend, and then like their group of like three friends and they're at like a club, and then he le- they, him and his girlfriend leave and he's all drunk and she's like, dude, do you want me to fucking drive? And he's like, oh god, and then he get into a car accident and he miraculously. Is fine, and she ends up blind from it. Oh, so now it's like douchebag boyfriend, blind girlfriend. Ah, uh, yeah. They find out. They find <coughs> out they like her family. Her mom died. That's how they get the castle. Inherited it. Yeah, and then it kind of goes from there. And it kind of, you know, I mean, there's they've changed it around, but there's you can see where it's going from there. But I think they definitely stuck with uh, there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens in Castle Freak oh for sure and they kept a lot of that in the movie oh that's and worth and they kind of like dialed up some of it and then they kind of flipped some shit on its head a little bit <clears throat> added some other parts of it based off of what Castle Freak's based off of I feel they didn't do horrible they could have done way fucking worse it's definitely worth a watch I think when, when you tell me they didn't do horrible, they could have did a lot worse. That is the biggest praise for a remake that... I, I'm just saying. No one ever says that remake was phenomenal. No, they could have did a lot worse. It didn't suck that bad. Well, I'm take my money. like Because obviously we were, we wouldn't even talk about it if we didn't like the original. Yeah. And if the remake is not that bad and they could have did a lot worse, I'm going to fucking watch it, dude. I was, I was honestly surprised. Honestly surprised. Oh, hey, I'll check it out. I didn't even know that existed. I, I actually just watched Castle Freak like two weeks ago. Uh, it was on like Tubi. Like I <laughs> fell asleep and it was just 
I watched. I, I actually put the OG on like a day after I watched the remake. Yeah, because it's been so long since I've seen it. I'm like, let me. I want to rewatch this. I want to see exactly what all they fucking Jeff, really changed. Jeff Combs was a dick. Was a douche in the original, kinda. Maybe not I to mean, the extent of the not, new guy. He okay. He was kind of an asshole. A little bit. He was. But he doesn't come across like God. This guy's a fucking. Okay, not like that, but it was different in 95. He was just an asshole. Now people are douchebags. He's just like the, yeah, I got into an accident with our kid. You wish I died instead of he died. And then he goes to the bar to get drunk because he's pissed off at his wife and then bangs a prostitute. <laughs> and she gets eaten by the cast. And then, yeah, and then <laughs> cast freak holds her fucking hostage. And then, like, starts biting pieces of her off. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. I know, I know. I watched it like two weeks ago. I was like, you know, I'm gonna do a little Castle Freak, you know, a little Jeffrey Combs. I watched uh, Bride of Reanimator. That's a good one. I watched weeks that one not ago. too long ago. It's been a while since we did an episode, but weeks ago I threw that in because I never watched that one. I always watched the first one, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna throw in Bride of Reanimator. There's fun. some good fucking like. I'm gonna go with say claymation. It's like a Peter Gabriel video and shit. Basically. <laughs> yeah, Sledgehammer, yeah. big time. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing Cornish hens and shit. That's like a good time, man. Uh, but yeah. Well, all right, man. We've taken up enough of your time, uh, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, got got nothing, yeah. I got nothing else to say. Me neither, man. I'm super stoked you guys listen to our show hope you had a good thanksgiving watch home sweet home if you have it i'm sure it's on youtube and do we have anything else that we were supposed to like plug or got nothing to plug check us out on social media if you want like just search bird offerings podcast anywhere you'll probably find us yeah uh i'm on twitter now so if anyone wants to back on twitter yeah kind of i mean i'm not i don't post anything but i'm on twitter and i only follow suicide girls (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, <laughs> so if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I know Will, our buddy Will, is uh, he's on there, and I get like, all the bands I listen to. I'll check our fucking uh, our our Twitter account. And I think I'll see like Will's post. Like, all right, cool. yeah, he's on there every day, like tweeting shit. So, but okay, yeah, it was uh, cool, man. We'll see you guys next time, and uh, we'll start brewing up a movie to talk about. Oh, yeah, guys. All right, take it easy. Right, see you.